As we said this morning, we're we're going back to Isaiah chapter 55, verse, if you would please stand for reading God's Word, Isaiah chapter 55, Isaiah chapter 55. Praise the Lord for His goodness to us. I tell you what, God is so good. More and more I think about what He's doing in hearts and lives and how that He cares for us and He loves us. Just see the hand of God moving and working and I believe we're in these last days. I believe the Lord's getting ready to come back. My friend, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, if you don't know if you was to die today, you go to heaven, you need to get that taken care of tonight because you don't know what tonight or tomorrow or this week holds. And the only hope that we have is Jesus Christ, through His shed blood, receive Him as Savior. And boy, I'll tell you what, come tonight and let us take a Bible and show you how to be saved. The greatest thing that ever happened in my life was when I got saved. You say, preacher, was it when you got married? That was the second best thing, Amen. And uh, I praise the Lord for a good wife, but I praise God for his faithfulness and his love and salvation. And uh, I'm not what I ought to be, but boy, I tell you what, I'm not what I was. And the Lord will change your life. He will make the difference in your life. And boy, there's a peace that comes by knowing the Lord is your Savior. And as just as they sang tonight, he's coming. He's coming soon. He's coming back. If you're not ready, you're going to be left behind. Boy, you better be ready. You better make sure that you know Christ your Savior. Isaiah chapter 55, begin reading verse 1. It says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat. Uh, ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me here, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for, uh, for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God. And for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will uh, have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down in the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth, and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. For ye shall go out with joy, and be led forth with peace, the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Verse 8 will be our text, and I look at it again with me. Verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. And notice what he says here, Neither are your ways my ways, 
saith the Lord. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, His Way. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you. Lord, I need the presence of God in my heart and life tonight as I preach. I need the Holy Spirit power. I need guidance and direction. Lord, we need you to do something great and mighty. Now, Lord, I pray that you would take the word of God. Lord, you said it would not return unto you void. So, Lord, may tonight it prosper. May it do that which you meant it to do in the hearts and lives of the people that are here and those that are watching by live stream. May it accomplish great things for you. Lord, may souls be saved. May lives be changed. May Christians be encouraged and strengthened. Help us, Lord, to live in such a way, Lord, that it would be your way that the souls and people would see Jesus Christ in our life. And Lord, I pray that we would understand the way of God. And Lord, that we would apply that to our hearts and lives. May you get the glory. Hide behind the cross, Lord. Strengthen me. Use me for your honor and glory. May you be lifted up, for I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. God doesn't see the things the way that we see things. He really doesn't. You don't even see things, to be honest with you, you don't see things the way that your grandparents saw things. You don't. You stop and think about it. They were of a different time, and you don't see the same, the same way as your grandmother, your grandfather did, or your great-grandmother, your great-grandfather. So only just about 75 years ago, if uh, there were certain things that if you did them in public, that you'd either be arrested for or placed in the mental institution. And I'm not trying to be funny. That's just the facts. But in our generation, we applaud it. We lift it up. We make it right that it's the right thing to do. In just a matter of 70 or so years, seven decades, if your parents or your grandparents or great-grandparents could return to you, they would think that you've gone mad. Because of the things that's going on in this world. They'd come back, they'd look at the immorality, the things that's happening. So just in the space of about 70 or 100 years, if anyone would come back from 100 years ago, would come and back and they'd see the morality of this country. And what most Christians will accept and watch, and they'd call you mad, they'd say you're twisted, they'd say you're evil, they would say that you're mental and that you got a major problem. The preacher, I don't like the way this is starting out. Ways change, haven't they? So, how far. If we look at from what it was when they were here and the way it is today and how they would look upon it, how far have we come since Adam and Eve? How far have we come from the time when God walked with Adam in the garden? How far have we come since this nation was built upon the word of God? When our Constitution really was built upon the Word of God and encompassed the principles of, of the Bible. And now at every turn we have legislators and different ones who are trying to manipulate and take any of that out. A hundred years ago, what if 
Some of those folks would come back today and they would look upon people taking their children who are not even out of grade school and, and condoning them to be changed in what they call transitioning. They'd say, you're crazy. You need to be in a mental institution. You need to be locked up. To be honest with you, I'm only 63. If you go back a few years while I was still alive, that would have been the thought. How far have we come since Adam and Eve? How far have we left the ways of God to become where we are today? Moving farther and farther away. How far away from God's, from God's opinion and ways are we today? You say, well, preacher, does it really matter? Oh, I think it matters in the eyes of God. It doesn't matter in the eyes of man. It doesn't. Because one day you're not going to stand before man and give an account with your life. You're going to stand before God. When you die in this world, man really doesn't care. You're gone. But when you step over out of this life into the next life, you will stand before God. I will stand before God. And he will be our judge and he will, we will give an account of our life unto him. How far have we moved away? Why is it? Why are we so far away from God's ways? In Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15 says, The way of a fool. He said, Preacher, you're not supposed to call him by a fool. I'm not. The Bible is. says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. The way he looks at things. In Proverbs chapter 21 verse 2 says, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord pondereth the hearts. Otherwise, we live the way we think in our ways of this day and time and we justify everything that we do and say it's okay and it's all right and that's every person not just the lost world but God looks down and he ponders the heart and understands why we are and what we're doing we started out slowly many years ago drifting from the ways of God and as it progresses, it's like a giant snowball, the old illustration, rolling down a, a hill. And as it rolls down the hill, it, it begins to pick up more snow and it becomes larger and it rolls faster because of the weight of it. And today we're at a point where it has grown so large away from God and so large away from the Word of God and the things of God that we are, are flying down the hill at a massive rate 
And now we're at a point where we're, we're condoning and we're thinking that man's ways is okay when we say such things as I said, the transitioning and the homosexual marriages and, and abortions and, and we could go on and on and on and on and on even to a point now that we've got people who claim to be Furbies or animals and they bark and they, and they, they meow in, in, in our schools today and, and demand that there's a litter box put in the school and demand that you, instead of answering them with, words that you bark back to them or that you meow back to them. What has happened to us? Oh, preacher, you're just old, out of date. Brother, I know how to keep my pants up with my belt. Instead of walking around town showing my underwear, said, boy, I mean, you just mean old fella. I'm really a sweet guy. I'm telling you, I am. If you don't believe me, just ask me and I'll tell you that I'm sweet. But how far have we went? Why have we got there? Well, the psalmist said the way of a fool, we have become foolish. We've become foolish in our thinking, thinking that it doesn't matter, thinking that it's not of importance of how we live or that we don't follow the ways of God in our own lives. It's got faster and faster. The decline of our, of our, of our world has increased as it's going speedily downhill away from right and righteousness. In the time of the book of the Judges there, and you can go back and you can read this if you want, but they had no king. And so the children of Israel and all the world set out to not follow the ways of God, but their own fleshly ways. And what would happen is that the Lord would send a prophet of God or a priest of God, and he would come on the scene and he would, he would deliver the children of Israel, a man of God or a man that God chose out would, would be a leader. He would be called a judge and he would lead the people back to God and they would come out of their wicked ways. And they would begin to follow him until that man died and then after a little while they begin to go back the other way. The ways of the world, the ways that, that got them in, the, in, the, in, in slavery, the ways that got them in all trouble to begin with, and the ways that, that was destroying their families, destroying their lives, and destroying their nation. They wound up in bondage. They wound up in captivity, and they was carried off, and, and they was oppressed and beaten down. But they would have soon begin to cry again unto the Lord, and the Lord would send somebody else in, raise up a man, as I said, and he would lead them out again. And here's really what the theme of Judges tells us. In the latter part of the book of Judges, there in chapter 21, verse 25, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel. And listen to this. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes otherwise not the eyes of God not the ways of God but what he thought was right you see when you take away the absolutes of God's word you've got lawlessness you've got you've got vileness 
You've got everything running rampant and wild and because Satan is there to stir it and to begin to cause it to go away from God because he wants to destroy uh, uh, the God's people. He wants to destroy the things of God. So he's trying to pull constantly, trying to pull you away from the ways of God. And they did that which was right in their own eyes. We're living in the same type of day. Where man begins to think, well, I'll do what I want to do. I'll live the way I want to live. I'll think the way I want to think. I'll, 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 I'll do all these things because that's what I want to do. It doesn't matter what, how it affects anybody else. That's why we've got so many broken homes. So many children that are without a mom or without a dad or bounce from here to there is because man has got to a place where he thinks that he can do what he wants to and not take the responsibilities for it. That's not God's way. That's man's way. And all this junk that we see going on today, that's not God's way. That's man's way. When man turns from the word of God and he'll ultimately turn from the ways of God and his ways will lead him down and put him on the path of destruction. I challenge you. I've, I've, you talk to Eddie. You ask Eddie if I'm right. He deals with those who have been incarcerated and, and I've been in prisons and, and preaching in prisons and, and talk with people in prison and, and even out of prison. And, and one of the things is, is that, they, that you'll find out that they were doing what they wanted to do. Didn't matter what the law was. Didn't matter how it would hurt anybody else. Didn't matter what it, and they thought that they was above the law and above all the things happening to them. They were doing things their way. Until it caught up with them. God has a specific way. You say, well, preacher, is that really right? God created you, didn't he? And so we are his creation and we're to live by his ways, not our ways. But what's sad is it goes even beyond the lost world. It goes even into the church and Christians' lives. Many go to church every week and read their Bibles and yet follow not all the ways of God. It's kind of like, I'm just kind of like this. I, I, I just, I've always kind of liked these smorgasbords where you go and you walk through and you, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Nah, too healthy. Let's get something else. And pick and choose what I want to eat. Uh, before they close the Golden Corral down here, and man, that, that broke my heart, brother. I'm telling you, one, they go. <laughs> Before they close the golden crowd, Janine and I'd go and we'd go through the line. We'd come back and sit down. I'd look over her plate. There's all this green stuff and <laughs> all these vegetables and, and all this healthy stuff. Look down my plate. There was chicken, fried chicken, fried shrimp. There was uh, usually some type of beef on there. I mean, if you're going to hit the animal kingdom, get them all, amen? <laughs> but I want you to know, I'd always, so I would be healthy, and she couldn't say anything, I'd get me some broccoli and cauliflower, and I'd put that cheese on it, buddy. <laughs> I wanted to be healthy. But you know what? That's the way we are in our lives. We want to pick and choose 
to this book and pick what we want and what we don't want to obey. Pick and choose what we want to apply to our lives and what we don't want to apply to our lives. Can I tell you something? That's not God's way. God's way is take all of it and follow all of it. That's God's way. And so many times we're living by our own way and doing our own thing instead of seeking after the Lord. I'm talking about Christians now. Refusing to give up things of the flesh for the completeness of the ways of God, which actually, I'll be honest with you, is a mark of the last days. I read that this morning, but let me, let me back up to one verse there. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, where it's talking about, in verse 1, he says, In the last days shall be perilous times. And he begins to list everything that's going to be happening in the last days before the Lord returns and, and catches the, the church out here. And the people go into tribulation period for seven years, will be destroyed by the wrath of God, cast into the lake of fire eventually. And we kind of pick and choose through that. And instead of really going the way of God, we try to do a little bit, but not go all the way. And verse 5 of 2 Timothy chapter 3 there, when he's talking about the last days, he says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. He says that you'll go through the motions and you'll, you'll get a little bit of it so that you kind of look good and and everything really sounds good about your life, but you're not really all the way in. You're just kind of straddling, we used to call it straddling the fence. Part way in and part way out. Instead of all the way in with God and all the way in with God's ways, you're, you're picking and choosing through it and you're just halfway in and, and you're straddling that fence uh, and, and you're thinking that everything's okay. Everything may look right and sound good in your life. But Jesus told the Pharisees, who were exactly like that, he called them whited sepulchers. So, preacher, what's a sepulcher? It's a tomb where they buried dead people. And he, he talked about how that they whitewashed it. Whited sepulchers. They would, when they would, somebody would die and they would put them in this tomb. They would roll that stone in front of it. They would take and they would, they would whitewash it. They would, they would paint over the outside of it a, a white and make it look good, plant flowers around it and get it to look real pretty. And people walk by and say, boy, that's a nice looking sepulcher. He said, but on the inside are dead men's bones. You know, you can be a whited sepulcher. You can look good and sound good and and everything be right on the outside and still be full of dead men's bones. And what I'm talking about by dead men's bones, I'm talking about deadness and coldness towards the ways of God and the things of God as a Christian. And so many times we don't realize how that Satan is trying to keep us from going all in for the Lord and live for the Lord. Hey, listen, what would happen if every Christian in this room would say, you know what, I'm not going to straddle the fence anymore. I'm getting all the way in. I'm all in. I'm going to tell you what happened. It turned this town upside down for God. If we'd get all the way in and follow the ways of God and the word of God and the things of God. And God is trying to, to get us to see that. Otherwise, uh, having a form of godliness, otherwise not in full fellowship with the Lord. Not having the fullness of these blessings on your life. Not having the power of God in, in, in our lives as we should or in the church. So why are we 
away from the ways of God. The flesh, the conveniences, the apathy, a failure to seek the Lord with all of our heart. And we're going a different way. Years ago, in fact, I looked it up just, just to find out when it was. In 1968, 1968, the, uh, a major, so-called major brand, uh, I, I, and I forget who it was, major brand came out with a certain type of cigarettes called Virginia, Virginia Slims. And they marketed this with this saying, you've come a long way, baby, in 1968. It was the beginning of the women's lib thing. And boy, they had found a market and their theme sold those cigarettes like they'd never been sold before. You've come a long way, baby. I remember it. I remember it. And as I was doing this message, that popped in my mind. You've come a long way, baby. And then I thought, but you've went the wrong way. You've went the wrong way. Have you ever been on a trip and you think you're, 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 taking, you're traveling and everything and, you, and, and you, you take this way, you turn this way and you go a long ways and then you realize I've come a long way, baby, but I've gone the wrong way. And you got to turn around and go back. I've done that. My wife sits there with her arms crossed, looks at me and says, I told you you should ask for directions back up there. I said, this is just a scenic route. I just wanted to see what it looks like down this road. <laughs> it's not that I was on the wrong way. It's just, you know, for educational purposes. Not trying to find out what was there, but what's not there. Amen. And the fact is, as Christians in, in the world today, we've come a long way the wrong way. Well, we've got to get our generation back to the ways of God. We've got to get the church back to God, the ways of God. There in Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 7 that we read there, it says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. When we wake up to our need and quit trying to live by Burger King slogans, slogans have it your way. Man, all these, these slogans kept popping in my mind. <laughs> Whoever was their advertisement guys, I'll tell you what, they were good at it. I remember some of these things. Burger King, have it your way. But my friend, that is a terrible slogan to live by. And to die by. To have it your way. And when we turn from that and we begin to seek the Lord and turn back to seek the Lord, we'll see the Lord do great and mighty things in our lives and the lives of those around us. 
God's way is seeking him, not seeking to please self, not seeking what I want, but seeking him. There in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 12, begin verse 12 down through 14, he says, Then shall you call upon me and shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Verse 14 says, And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. He says, When you get tired of seeing how your way is destroying your life. When you get tired of being beat down and, and everything loading you down and, and you just can't go any farther, he said, if you'll seek me with all your heart, he said, you'll find me. You see, the Lord's not going to change his way for you and me. We must change our way for him. We must come back to him Come back to the Word of God. Come back to the things of God. God will not change for you and me. And this world is changing constantly from the ways of God going farther and farther away. And the purpose of that is we're in the last days. The Lord is getting ready to come back. And he's beginning to take his hand off of things. And it's getting more and more by the control of Satan going a different way away from God. You think things are bad now. Hang on. It's going to get worse. The Bible says that in the last days it shall wax worse and worse. You say, preacher, well, I, I believe in the, in, in, I'm a pre-trib rapture uh, uh, person and I believe God's going to rapture us out of here before it gets bad. Oh, hang on for a second. I'm pre-trib all the way. I believe he's going to catch us out here before the tribulation period. But I also believe that he's going to purify the church. That you and I are going to see some difficult times and struggles and problems. Hey, listen, already up in, uh, where was it, Minnesota or Michigan? I forget one of those. I think, anyway, where they've got a lot of the Muslims. They are now having a call to prayer tone played in those cities up there, some of those cities, five times today five times a day for the Muslims to come to prayer. You go try to get them to play a tune for you to call Christians to prayer and they'll throw you out of city hall. Where are we going? The wrong way. The wrong way. The wrong way. We need to get things back to God's way. We need to seek him with all our heart. We need to follow after his ways and not our ways. We need to seek him and then he said we'd find him. We got to cultivate a true thirst again in our lives and the lives of others for the Lord and his ways. By the ways of God, not by, not by the, the, this modern flesh. Hey, can, can, can I say something here? And, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be mean. Listen to me now. There's a lot of this stuff that people are calling church today. It's not church. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just going to state a fact. They, 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 they're going to try to hype people up with music and get them excited and maybe read a verse or two and tell them how good they are and send them home. Can I tell you something? If you don't go home from here once in a while with your toes feeling a little bit uh, 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 stepped on, you're, I'm not doing my job. <laughs> the fact is we've got to understand the day and time which we live. 
And we and this stuff that they're calling church is nothing more than the ways of the world, mass marketing to bring in a crowd with a stage band. Show that to me in the Bible. It's not there. It's not there. Becoming like the world in order to win the world, show that to me in the Bible. It's not there. In fact, I can tell you the Bible says, Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you unto myself. He says, Well, to be different. He said, He calls us out in a peculiar people. That's you all. I can look around. <laughs> But that means we're different. You know, if I got problems, I, I'm not going to go try to get help from somebody that's got problems just like I do or, or, the, or, or, or problems that's worse than mine. I want to find somebody that knows how to handle the problem. And this world is looking at Christians today and say, man, I don't need what they got. I've got what they've got. And so the Lord is trying to call us back to his way. I'm talking about Christians that we would live a life that is real, that is true, that is honest, that is righteous, that is holy before this world, that they might see Jesus Christ in our lives. That's the way of God. Not the way of the world. Not the world's ideas. Well, preacher, we live in a time you got to change with things. Chapter and verse. I'll even let you skip the book. Just give me the chapter and verse. It's not there. Now, I understand there's some things that we change. We use, we use live stream. We use some of the technology to get the Word of God out to many other people. We, we have pews. We have air conditioning. We have, we have bathrooms inside. Uh, you know, there's things that you go ahead and do and, and change because, the, I mean, that's just a kind of a must and you need to do those things. But when you begin to touch about how God says that we're to reach people and how we're to, to be as a church, we're not to, we're not to do that. We've got to cultivate that. He, he tells us there, he says uh, in Isaiah 55 there, verse 1, 2, he says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth. He said, I want people to thirst for me. Come ye to the waters that, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Ye come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and for and you labor for and you labor for that which uh, satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Now I'm going to tell you something here. The Lord is not talking about fleshly food. He's not talking about getting a big hamburger if you want a hamburger to come to him. He's not talking about that, but what he's talking about, that, that spending of money is your life. It's your life. And your resources, which would be your time and your energy and your finances, your talents and abilities and influence and so on with our lives. He said, use that for me and be satisfied. Notice what he says there in verse 2. He says in the latter part there, he says, hearken diligently unto who? Unto him. Let me back up, read all of this. says, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? Otherwise, that which will not last, that which will not satisfy, that which will not prosper you. And your labor that 
which satisfieth not. He said, why are you going after the things of the world, Christian? Why are you going after that? They can't, it can't satisfy you. It can't provide for you. And why are you letting that be, uh, which will not be healthy to you and strengthen you like bread does a, a, a physical body? He's talking about the spiritual man. He said, why do you go after that which is not bread, that which will not strengthen you as a Christian and bring honor and glory to God? Why do you go after those things of the world? And then he talks about labor. What you do with your life and how that you present yourself and, and what you do with the energy that he has given you, what you do with every portion of your life. He says, hearken diligently unto me. He said, listen to my ways. Listen to what I've got to say. And then he says, and eat ye that which is good. He said, use your life, use your energy, use your abilities, use all that you have, including your finances and everything else, for that which is good. And that's the ways of God. That's what he's been talking about the whole time, the ways of God. And then he says, and let your soul delight. Can I ask you something, Ryan? Don't answer me. Is your ways bringing the delight of the Lord into your life? Is there delight in the things of God in your life? If not, maybe you're going the wrong way. Are you under that heavy load that just pulls you down and there's no delight in the things of God? Maybe... You need to seek him diligently. You see, we need to turn again. Hear and follow after the ways of God. Look in verse 3, he says, incline your ear. Otherwise, listen up. You ever been in a class in school and the teacher said, hey, listen up, listen up. That's the way it is on my school bus. <laughs> Except for I have to holler and scream it about five times. Then I finally pick up the PA mic and say, hey. Listen. Do they get quiet? Most of them. No, they do. The Lord said, hey, listen. Incline thine ear. He said, listen to me. He said, you've tried everything else. You've done it your way. You've lived your life your way. You've lived your Christian life your way. You've done things your way. He said, now listen to me. Listen to me. And he begins there. He says, incline thine ear and come unto me. You know what he's saying? I want you to get up close to me. Why? So that we can know his ways. So that we can learn his ways. He says, hear, and notice why he says, hear, listen to me, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even as the sure mercies of David. And I realize the Lord's speaking unto the children of Israel here, but there's the application. It applies to the church today and to Christians, to all of us. 
that we might see the mighty hand of God and his blessings and not his cursings. Jeremiah 6.16 says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways. What ways is he talking about? The ways of God. The ways of the word of God. Otherwise, obey the word of God. Do what God's telling you to do. He says, and see and ask for the old paths. Preacher, what is the old paths? Is it just old-fashioned stuff? No, the old paths began in the garden. And that is the fellowship with God. That is the walk with God. He said, seek after the old paths, that fellowship with God, that walk with God in your life. And follow after those things, those ways. Seek that old way. Seek that old path. Go after the things of God. He goes on, he says, ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? Uh, every one of us have talked to somebody and how do you get to such and such? And they say, well, let me tell you how to get there. This is the way you can go. You can go this way, take such and such and such and such. And he said, it's a rough road. You get there, it's, it's less miles and everything, but it's going to take you just as long. Or you can go this way, and this is the good way to go. There's a lot, it's a lot smoother. And you'll get there actually a little bit faster, the good way. God says, listen, there's a way that doesn't please me. That's what God's saying. He said, there's a good way, though, that pleases me, that I can bless, that I can use in your life to bring honor and glory to my name, the Lord. And that's the good way. And it'll bring blessings in your life. He goes on, he says, where is the good way? And walk therein, otherwise go that direction. And ye shall find rest for your souls, a peace in your heart, blessings of God. I'm telling you what, when you walk with the Lord and go in the ways of God, there is a peace, there is a rest that passes all understanding. There's a joy in your heart that is unbelievable. There is, a, there is a, uh, uh, an excitement about things that God is doing and there's a stirring in your soul when you are walking in the way of God. Doesn't matter what's going on outside the storms of life. Doesn't matter how bad the world's getting. If you're walking in the way of God, there's a peace in the worst of storms. The sad part of that verse, though, is this. There in Jeremiah, the people in that day and time said, but they said, we will not walk therein. There's a lot of Christians today that hear good Bible preaching. They may not say it with their mouth, but they're saying it with their life. I'm not going that way. I'm going to do it my way. Well, my friend, can I tell you something? My way and your way is not the good way. God's way is. Amen. The old ways or paths, first of all, is God's way of salvation. You don't get to heaven by joining the church. You don't get to heaven by being baptized. You don't get to heaven by doing good works. You don't get to heaven by reading your Bible. You don't get to heaven by all these things that man's way is trying to do. 
The way you get to heaven is by God's way. What is that way, preacher? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know what? That is the only way of eternal life. Well, preacher, one of these days, I, I, I'll take care of that. No, my friend, you don't understand. You don't even know when you're going to die. The Bible says that your life is as a vapor that appears for a short time and vanishes away. You're here for a little while, and the next thing you know, you're gone. But you're not gone completely because you're before the Lord in judgment. Without Jesus Christ, you'll die. You'll drop off into a lake of fire forever and ever and ever. The only hope that anybody has is by the way of salvation through Jesus Christ. That is the only way. It's not the Baptist way. It's not the Methodist way. It's not the Catholic way. It is God's way. And that is the only way that matters. And that is the only way that you get to heaven. God wants us to follow in his way of righteousness. He wants us to follow in his way of prayer, walking with him in prayer, prayer life, not just saying some little words and memorizing some prayers, but a prayer life of visiting and talking with him and fellowship with him. God's way is yieldedness of our lives unto the Holy Spirit. God's way is humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God, putting away our pride, being humble about those things and admitting that we need God, that we, and not afraid. Hey, listen, can I tell you something? If you're afraid, if you're afraid that somebody might say something, if you went to an altar uh, in, a, in a service, I'm going to tell you something. You got a problem because it's your pride. He says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. We need to humble ourselves. Seek the Lord with our heart and not just our words. God's way is to obey his word and the direction of the Holy Spirit of God. God's way is true praise and worship. He said that we're to worship him in spirit and in truth, not just an emotional stirring, but our hearts being moved to worship him and magnify him. Our life is to be about the ways of God before a lost and dying world that they might see Jesus Christ and be saved. That's God's way. Oh, how we need to get back to God's way. God's way. Let's bow. Tonight, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, why don't you come during this invitation? Let's take a Bible and show you how to be saved. And let God have his way in your life that you might have a home in heaven, that you might not go to hell when you die and be cast in like a fire. Let God have his way. He stands at your heart's door and he knocks. But it's up to you to say yes and open the door. Come, let's take a Bible and show you to be saved. Christian, we need to live God's way. We need to walk God's way. We need the ways of God. Not just a few of the ways, but all of God's way. Maybe it is tonight that he's happy to come and say, Lord, I want to follow you and, and walk your way. Walk that old path. 
Let the Lord have his way. Father, I thank you for loving us. Thank you for your mercies and goodness to us. Have your way in our lives and in this invitation. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed?